Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You've got two camps. You've got the camp that says, hey, this looks significant. And then you've got the nothing to see here camp. And it takes us to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, though, at the time of the signing, also put protections in the contract for Garoppolo to make sure that if for some reason this foot situation goes sideways, that they will have those protections. I have no, I have no anxiety. You guys might have anxiety. <laughs> is there, so is there... I don't have any anxiety. I'm not going to put a timeline or a day on anything, but... Um, like I said, I have no anxiety. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And that's how we start the show right there. You heard from head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, earlier this morning. And you heard him answering Vinny Bonsignor's question. I don't have anxiety. You might have anxiety. I don't have anxiety. And what was he responding to? Jimmy G and the fact that a lot of the fan base, some of the media, have anxiety on if Jimmy G is going to be available for training camp, if he's going to be available for the regular season, what in the world is going on with Jimmy G. So there wasn't much said about Jimmy G in the presser earlier today. I think Josh Daniels was asked a couple questions. Vinny asked one. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN asked another one. And for everything that Josh Daniels said, all 18 minutes that he spent with us this morning, it wasn't a whole lot more than what you just heard right there. I don't have any anxiety, and I control what I can control. So he seems very confident. He seems very calm, cool, and collective that Jimmy G will be ready when he'll be ready, and when he'll be ready is when he needs to be ready. And that's really all that was said when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo earlier this morning. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Been a very, very busy day uh, as far as I'm concerned at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We uh, talked to head coach Josh McDaniels about 930 this morning. You heard that conversation. You heard that media session on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Lindsey Brown uh, earlier today. I also recorded an episode of Upon Further Review. I was also out there at practice watching the guys go through their drills and doing what they do. The only thing that I missed was defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, also Chandler Jones, and A.J. Cole. I wasn't available uh, to be there because I was doing something else at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and now here with you for the next three hours on Raider Nation Radio 920. So we've got plenty to get to on today's show, including what I saw at OTA. Saw Hunter Renfro out there. Uh, thought that that was a good thing. We didn't see him last week when we were out at OTAs, but he was there. Uh, he was chopping it up with Dave Ziegler. He was chopping it up with Devontae Adams. They were going through drills together. I thought that the Raiders did a cool little salute to the Golden Knights who get their Stanley Cup run uh, on underway tomorrow. They all had Stanley Cup uh, finals hats on uh, representing the Golden Knights uh, as they were going through stretches earlier this morning. Then, of course, once they started going through drills, they had to take the hats off so they could put their helmets on. But I thought it was a nice little tip of the cap to the Golden Knights. And speaking of the Stanley Cup, I'm not at the radio station right now. As I mentioned, I'm at the home studio. The Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup, is actually at the radio station as we speak. So a lot of people across the building, except for myself and DeMond, obviously, are there taking pictures, uh, having interviews with the Cup Keeper. A lot of cool things are going on because of the Stanley Cup Finals and the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers being involved in it. Only two teams left standing. Just like in the NBA Finals, only two teams left standing, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat, but to actually have the trophy in your building and being able to take pictures of it. And DeMond took a picture of it. He's going to tweet it out a little while uh, under his Twitter account, uh, at DeMond underscore the boss, and also at r 920 AM, just so you can check it out. I mean, I've never been up close to personal with a Stanley Cup, and obviously I won't be today either because I'm at the home studio, but I just think it's kind of cool that it's even in the building and the Golden Knights, our home team, get an opportunity to play for it 
getting started tomorrow as they welcome in the Florida Panthers. So that's going on at the radio station. we got some really good guests coming up on the show today. I'm very excited about it, as I am each and every day. Anytime we get an opportunity to chop it up here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and uh, hear from you on the listener line at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r It's always a good thing. So excited about that. Today is Little Q's birthday. Uh, he's turning 20, <laughs> so he's not really that little anymore. Just completed his second year in uh, in college, his sophomore year. So he's headed this way at some point. So I don't know what time he's going to end up at the at the house, at the crib, but he'll be here at some point. So uh, shout out to Little Q and uh, his birthday. So, again, it's, it's a good day to have a good day on this Thursday. Coming up at 2.30, uh, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate. You'll hear from him. He'll give you the observations. Again, I, I talked to Josh McDaniels. I had an opportunity to, you know, ask a couple questions to him, hear what he had to say, all 18, 19 minutes of his uh, presser that he had this morning. But I didn't get to hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, didn't get to hear from Chandler Jones or A.J. Cole, but Vinny did. So we'll just kind of pick Vinny's brain on what he heard, what he saw out there on the grass at OTAs, and, uh, you know, just go, go through all that and what he thinks about the response to Jimmy G, uh, what he thinks about Aiden O'Connell as we took a long – myself and Vinny stood there for a very long time and just watched Aiden O'Connell and, oper- and the way he operated. And I asked Josh McDaniels about Aiden O'Connell, and you'll hear that later on in the show, but, I mean, he, he seems like he likes him. And he seems like he's trending in the right direction, even though it's so early. It's OTAs. You don't really know what the guy's going to be. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of information that's swimming through Aiden O'Connell's head. But from what I saw in the grass, you saw a guy that stood tall, a guy that delivered the ball, got it out of his hand quickly, was able to make all the throws that they asked him to make. He looked the part. Again, it's only June 1st, so I don't want to, you know, overanalyze and be like, man, that's the dude. That's the real deal. Like, I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't blow smoke up your backside like that. That would be disrespectful to you, and I'm not going to do that. But – just from what I saw, and people have asked me, well, how did Aiden O'Connell look? I said, he, he looked cool. He looked good. You know, again, for what he's supposed to look like on June 1st, he looked like what he was supposed to look like. So uh, we'll have that conversation with Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Robin Lundberg from SI Now, he's going to join the show. Uh, and he put out – it's almost like he put out a fire this morning. It's pretty funny. Everyone's been talking about Tom Brady and the chances that he'll return. Uh, maybe he'll end up being the Raiders quarterback if Jimmy G can't go. I, for one, have been saying that I don't see that happening. DeMond, for one, has been saying that he doesn't see that happening, except for the fact that every once in a while he likes to get his troll on and his conspiracy theory, so he'll throw it out there. But even in his mind, didn't really believe it. I don't think anybody on Raider Nation Radio 920 believed that there's an opportunity for Tom Brady to to come out of retirement and, and play for the Silver and Black. But uh, he put out a video earlier today where he actually had an interview with TB12 and uh, Tom was saying how happy he was retired. He had no desire to come back uh, and play football at all. He is excited about his opportunity with the Raiders, but that's as a minority owner once that all goes through. And, of course, that still has to go through. He mentioned that he enjoys being with his kids. Uh, he's looking forward to his broadcasting career. So uh, he put that video out pretty pretty early this morning, and everyone just started saying, well, I guess there goes that idea. Well, I guess that's not going to happen. I guess TB12 is out. Again, I think anyone who's got you know half a brain and, and really, was in touch with reality, realized that that wasn't going to happen, but Robin really put out that that fire earlier this morning, so uh, he'll join the show at 3 o'clock just to talk about the conversation with TB12, because I do want to know, you know, what made him lean into wanting to be a part owner of the Aces? What made him want to lean into being a part owner of the Silver and Black? You know, what was the deciding factor that made him decide he didn't want to come back this year? I thought after the performance that we saw, the last time we saw Tom Brady on the field, not that it was all his fault, he didn't really have too much of a team to work with, 
I thought there was for sure he was going to come back one more year just to just to try to get that taste out of his mouth. But he was good. He said, never mind, I'm walking away. He's ready to be with his family. And, of course, he's got that broadcasting deal with Fox where a lot of people thought that maybe that's something that he eventually doesn't do. He mentioned it in the video earlier today that he's looking forward to his opportunity to be in the broadcast booth coming next year. So I want to get Robin's thoughts on on the conversation with TB12 and, again, just kind of get a little bit of details on the ownership situation when it comes to the silver and black. So Robin Lundberg, SI Now, will join us at 3 o'clock. Also throughout the course of the show, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll hear from defensive end Chandler Jones. Maybe a little Patrick Graham, but for sure we'll hear from Josh McDaniels and Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones has lost some weight. He's down to 250 pounds. That was something that I noticed. I know Vinny pointed that out. We'll ask him about that at 2.30. But he's down to about 250 pounds. He says he's playing lighter. He's faster. He's excited about the season already. And when you're a veteran and it's only June 1st, and you're excited about the season already, there's something to be said about that. Does that mean he's going to get double-digit sacks? No, not at all. But I just like the fact that he's excited and, and ready to get going and, and wants to put his best foot forward and knows that he didn't have a great 2022 season. So as a guy with pride, as a guy that you know is, is going to be a Hall of Famer one day, Chandler Jones is fired up about this upcoming season. I think that that's awesome. Right, I mean, you don't have as many sacks as he has in over his career without giving assault about the upcoming season, and he he does. He's he's pretty pumped up. He's pretty fired up. So we'll talk to Vinny uh, at about two thirty about Chandler Jones as well. But you'll hear from him throughout the course of the show at four o'clock. Uh, Alex Tosopoulos. Charity Stripe Show, the Felts and Toss uh, podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. He'll join the show to talk about the NBA Finals. They do get underway this evening. Jimmy Buckets versus the Joker. Joker versus Jimmy, right? I mean, whatever, however you want to sum it up. Uh, a lot of people are looking at this series like it's going to be a, a lopsided series. I don't think it's going to be lopsided. I know we had a guest on uh, that thought that the Nuggets were going to sweep the Heat. I don't see that. I also don't see the Heat winning this series, but I think Denver will get it done in six. That's just my opinion. I think Jimmy Butler is going to have uh, a lot to say about this uh, this series. I know Jimmy Buckets is a phenomenal player. I also know the Joker is a phenomenal player. And it's so funny. It's like you can – be a fan of NBA like I am. I'm a big fan of the NBA. I'm a big fan of the Warriors, but I'm a fan of NBA in general. You could compliment one guy and say that he's a great player and still think the other player is great, right? I mean, I, I had a guy. I was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night, and we were talking about the Joker and Jimmy, and I was asked about the Joker in particular, and I just you know, kind of went on. It's like, man, this dude, he's incredible, and he really makes it look effortless and not really the most athletic-looking dude, but he gets it done. He's fantastic. And a guy was like, I can't believe you discredited Jimmy Butler. I was like, I'm not. I'm not discrediting Jimmy Butler at all. I think Jimmy's fantastic. I just think the Joker's fantastic, too. Like, if that's the beautiful thing about not having a rooting interest in this series, right? I mean, I'm interested in it as a fan's point of view, but I don't have a team. I don't have a dog in the fight, right? The Warriors got sent home quite a while ago, and they got enough questions of their own. I'm not worried about that. I'm excited about fun basketball. So it's okay to not, you know, have to worry about having a dog in the fight and just enjoy greatness. And there's going to be greatness on the court starting this evening. So pretty pumped up about that. Uh, Alex Tosopoulos will join us, Charity Stripe Show, and also Felt and Toss Podcast, part of the Bleed Podcast Network. He'll join us at 4 o'clock. So there you go. Those are the guests that we have. Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, Robin Lundberg, SI Now at 3 o'clock, Alex, Alex Tosopoulos, Charity Stripe Show, Felt and Toss Podcast at 4 o'clock. Plus, you'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels and you'll hear from Chandler Jones throughout the course of the show. And, of course, you as well, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now I got a couple questions that I want to throw out there today, but I'm really just going to focus in on one. I'm going to focus in on the defense because Patrick Graham did... Uh, he did speak to the media today. Of course, Max Crosby spoke to the media last week. Chandler Jones spoke to the media today as, uh, as well as A.J. Cole did. Really want to focus in on the defense. Uh, I was out there with Vinny, and, and he'll talk about that in a few minutes, and we were watching different drills that they were going through, and there was some 7-on-7s and 11-on-11s going through. Of course, there's no there's no pads being popped or any of that, but they're just they're going through drills, passing drills, and we saw a couple plays, and one in particular really stands out to me where – I think Brian Hoyer threw the pass, and it was a tip ball. And the wide receiver uh, the wide receiver tipped it, but then it, it fell harmlessly to the ground. And I immediately looked at Vinny and said, that has to be picked off, right? When that ball gets tipped, it has to be picked off. Because I'm serious, really good teams, when you see that ball glance off the fingertips of a wide receiver, and again, I know it's June, I'm not trying to be too critical, but really good teams, when that ball glances off the fingertips of a wide receiver, what happens nine times out of ten? it's going the other way, right? It's just that simple. And on plays like that, especially near the sideline, if it's going the other way, most likely it's scoring, right? I mean, so those are opportunities right there. And that ball just glanced off the fingertips and then fell harmlessly to the ground. So I told Vinny, that's got to be a pick. They've got to find – and the Raiders don't do that. We know that. We've talked about it. we spent plenty of time on the turnovers. That's got to turn into picks, and that's habit forming. Right, these guys have to be in position where, where that ball glances off their hands, and that's something Jerron Harmon talked about a lot last year. Being in the right position, when the ball comes your way, you can make a play. They've got to get in the habit of that. So after I went through this whole little teaching moment with Vinny going back and forth, about three plays later, tip ball, Trayvon Merrick comes up with the ball and is going the other way. And I said, boom, that's what you have to see. That is exactly what you have to see. You have to see moments where – where you make plays, where guys make plays, not just the, the incompletion, not just, okay, third down. No, turnovers. Create that turnover and go the other way. So I say all that to ask you the question, what do you believe, as we focus in on the defense today, what do you believe will be the part of the defense that will either make the team or break the team? Like, what is it going to be? Like, what is going to be that end-all, be-all? I'm not thinking that this defense is going to turn into the 85 Bears. Not asking for that. Not thinking that it's going to be the Super Bowl champion Ravens, right, when they were shutting down everybody. I'm not asking for any of that. But what do you think, when you look at the Raiders' defense as it's constructed right now, you know the guys that are, 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 are supposed to be big-time players, you know the guys that are big-time players. What are you looking at on that Raiders' defense that you say, okay, this is either going to make them or this could break them? And I'll just go with the whole little rant that I just went on. I think it's the turnovers. The ability to create turnovers is either going to make them or break them. They are dead ass last every year in the league with turnovers. They have got to find a way. We've talked about it. McDaniels has talked about it. Gruden talked about it before him. Everyone has talked about it. Gunther talked about it. Everyone has talked about it. Gus Bradley's talked about it. You know, see ball, get ball. Whatever the case may be that Gus Bradley said. All right, Patrick Graham is there. Got to find a way to make turnovers, create turnovers, get the ball back for the defense. The defense doesn't have to be fantastic, right? It doesn't. Damon, you brought up the stats yesterday, right? I don't remember even what year team that was that we were talking about when it came to the Raiders, but they had, what, 18 interceptions? 
They were and they were decent. They were actually. I mean, they they gave up a lot of points, mm-hmm. but they created turnovers and gave their team chances. They've got to get into the habit of creating turnovers. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah, they they gave up twenty nine points per game, but had eighteen interceptions and finished the season eight and eight. Right. So they're just getting those timely interceptions. Right. I mean, again, and that's not good defense. Giving up twenty nine points is terrible. Right. That's not something that I'm saying that they should do. But being able to get those timely turnovers, like you mentioned, creating turnovers, getting the ball back in good position and being able to take advantage of it is a big deal. And I'm telling you, if you get your hands on a few more balls than they did a season ago, you're going to have more pick sixes than they did a season ago. They had one pick six. Right. Jerron Harmon had a pick six. And then Meek Robertson picked the ball up off the turf and got it back to the end zone. But that wasn't a pick six. That was just getting it off the ground and taking it. But at least he had the wherewithal to pick it up and run with it and, and, and make something happen. You create a few more opportunities, you get a few more uh, turnovers and create a couple more interceptions, you're going to get. You're going to get there. You're going to get to the house. You're going to score points yourself. That's going to help this team out in a major way. I think all, if all's good on the offensive side of things as far as the quarterback position goes, and, of course, that's a remains to be seen, but I'll take Coach McDaniels for what he said. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll take it for what he said. He said he ain't got no anxiety, so if he ain't got no anxiety, I ain't got no anxiety. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to have any anxiety. I'm not going to spend every single day harping on the quarterback position because that just gets old and that turns into bad radio. And I don't believe in doing that. The day I do bad radio is the day I should probably either get fired or retired. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the two. That's, that's how it rolls in this business. So uh, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to talk about a part of the team that I think needs to be addressed in a major way. That's the defense. They brought in a lot of players either guys by way of free agency on one- or two-year deals, and they drafted six out of nine guys that they selected in April's draft on the defensive side of the ball. I want to start seeing production, something I talked about a lot leading up to the draft. I want to start seeing production where they create turnovers. So for me, the area of this defense that's going to be either going to make them or break them in 2023 is their ability or lack of ability to create turnovers. But what says you? 69187, keyword R&R. Also, the don't, that's the don'tbebroke.com text line. And the phone line, 702-365-9200. DeMond, who's up first for us? Gerald in Jersey. Gerald, talk to me, brother. Tell me something good. How are, how are you, Q? I'm fantastic. All right. I'm just going to tell you, I, I, I appreciate you trying to be positive. Uh, the whole McDaniel thing, him not showing anxiety. What's he going to say? I mean, the guy made a decision to get rid of the person that was there for nine years who you wouldn't have to worry about whether he was hurt. He was going to be there day one. Okay. This guy, he's always hurt. He is always hurt. Right. So this is what they brought in. So you're going to have to get used to that. The fact of the matter is that this is the direction they felt was the right way to go. Okay. And as far as defense is concerned, I agree with you 100%, but I'm going to tell you it's coaching. Okay. And Patrick and Patrick Graham, in my opinion, I'm from Jersey. I've watched a lot of Giants football, okay. and I believe he's the most overrated defensive coordinator I have ever seen. Mart, Mart, uh, what's the guy, the defensive coordinator for the Giants now? Uh, Martindale. Uh, Martindale, Wink Martindale. Yeah, he comes in, turns that team around in one year. They okay. were atrocious under Patrick Graham, and guess what? The Raiders' defense was atrocious under Patrick Graham. Okay. It ain't going to change. It is not going to change. I hate to say it. No, that's fine. I don't think he's don't, a good don't, coach. And don't hate to say it. Say, if, you, if that's your truth, say your truth. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I just don't understand how any of these, how anybody can be excited over, I just don't see how you can be excited over this, the way the quarterback situation already is starting out. Th- thank, you. thank you for the call, Gerald. I don't think anyone's excited about it. 
I really don't. I don't think anyone's excited. I think we spent multiple days talking about the quarterback situation. I don't think anyone's excited about what's going on with the quarterback situation. I just don't think there's anything that we could do about it at this stage of the game. We can take it for what Coach McDaniel said today. He doesn't have anxiety. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. But what, what can I say? Oh, can I go on the radio and say he's a liar? What good is that going to do? I, I don't need to get anyone fired up. You're already fired up, right? I mean, look, there's people out there. Let me just take it a step further back. There's people out there that are content creators, and I respect everyone because it's not easy to create content. But there's some that this is how they create their content. They get angry and start yelling and start cussing and start telling this, tear this down. It gets everyone fired up, and it just it, – what's what does it do? I'm not saying that you have to look at it through rainbows and puppy dog eyes and all that good stuff and everything is good because it's not, right? But at the end of the day, I mean, I, at this point in June 1st, I'm not going to lose my ish over – Coach McDaniel saying he doesn't have anxiety over the quarterback. I mean, if he doesn't have anxiety, then so be it. Look, I'm excited. You know why I'm excited? Because I get to talk for the next two hours and 40 minutes on the radio. The Raiders end up going 6-11 and 11 like they did last year. Is it fun? Hell no. But you know what? I have a great job that I love, and I'm going to bring excitement. I'm going to bring uh, joy to it every single day, whether people appreciate it or not. That's just who I am. The day that they kick me out the door and say, we don't like you being excited and having fun, then you know what? Then I need another job. I'll go back to FedEx and I'll deliver boxes, and I'll have fun when I go into people's buildings. I mean, it's just – I just choose to, to smile and not lose my ish off of every little single thing because there's way more in life that you could lose your ish over than Coach McDaniel saying he doesn't have anxiety over the quarterback June 1st. Now, we get into training camp, and he's not there, and he keeps saying that he has no anxiety, he'll be fine, and they'll be like, okay, well, when's fine, right? I mean, that's – and that's, and that's fair. But on June 1st, when training camp's not till July, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. But I understand what you're saying. And, hey, as far as the defense, Patrick Graham, you don't think he's a very good defensive coordinator? He has a lot to prove. He didn't do very good with the defense last year. I think, the, uh, I think turnovers is going to make him or, or break him. But maybe it's the coaching. Maybe coaching is going to make him or break him, and that's how you feel, and I'm good with that. I'm good with that. That's why I throw the question out there because I don't have the answers, and I do appreciate your answers. Thank you so much, Gerald. I do appreciate you. Demond, who's up next? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider. Here we go. What's on your mind, brother? What's up? What's up, Q and Demond, man? Hey, Q. I, dude, I, I don't – this guy, like I told you, man, it is what it's going to be this year, man. I didn't seem to – when he said what he said today, the little smirk on his face and whatnot, I just – it's just not time in Raider Nation for smirking, man. We need some, we need some sternness right now, and no jokes because there's just too much chatter right now. Q, I don't. I mean, you're doing a great job. You I mean you're keeping it real? I heard your question today. I mean, you guys are asking. I mean, but some of the questions I thought. I mean, like Jimmy G was kept away, but who cares? Because that's all we're hearing is Jimmy G. Right. I mean, if he's not able to go, we are going to have to get behind Aiden Connell. Aiden Connell and we're going to have to hope that this coach that drafted him sees something that we're not seeing, and we're just going to have to get behind him and roll with it. Because if we just keep talking about Jimmy G, it, it just pisses people off, man. And the only thing that I <laughs> And that's why I didn't is, do that. <laughs> and that's exactly, exactly why I didn't exactly, do that. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and if they did, whatever happened with this situation, it's just another year of Raider football. It's just another offseason with something that we give the NFL to talk about. So we don't know. He don't know. The whole situation's fishy right now. But you know what? We cannot worry about it because there's games to be played. And I honestly hope Josh is not trying to take this season just to do it. Because 
we we can't have that, dude. We got to have competitive football. We've got six prime time games, and to be going right now, it is still eight weeks away. But to be going right now, knowing that the guy that they signed for the quarterback is not up to par, is just a little head scratching. But hey, that's all about being a Raider fan. Q, we're <laughs> used to it, so let's go. Get behind this guy and whatever they're doing, and let's just believe again that they're going to get it right. If not, we'll be talking again year after year after year after year, the life of a Raider fan. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Thanks for the call. It's good to hear from you, passionate Raider. And, yeah, I mean, look, again, we can choose to doom and gloom, and I'm not going to tell anyone don't be upset about the Jimmy G situation because, again, I understand. It, it is it is head-scratching. It is confusing it is upsetting right as Gerald said you know the guy that used to be the quarterback was very very reliable you knew he was going to be out there he was very durable right he wasn't going to miss any games the guy they brought in has a history of missing games so there's that we've been talking about that for the longest that's why I said before they ever signed him that I was not a fan for that exact reason the morning tailgate was pounding the table right they were they were setting it up smooth for him and I said I don't know because of the availability but hey it happened he, he's the quarterback. Uh, Josh has got his guy. Now he's got to go out there, and he's got to operate with his guy. And if his guy ain't out there, <laughs> then that's also on him. And then he's going to have to deal with that. But that's not, nothing for me to stress all, over. What it is for me to stress over is, is making sure that I bring what I need to bring to the show, provide a good quality show for three hours that I'm on, and whatever I have to do before and after, I got to live up to my standard or else there's going to be someone taking my place. The show will always go on. If you're in a movie theater and nobody's there and you walk in, guess what? The, the movie's still rolling. That's how it's always going to be. 2.25 is the time. Vinny Bonsignor, he joins the show next. He was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. Whenever you hear cameo, you know that means Vinny is making a cameo on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Vinny joins us now on the phone lines. Vinny, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you. Of course, it was good being with you at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today, checking out a little bit of Raiders practice. And before we get into Jimmy G and you asked the question to head coach Josh McDaniels, I want to I ask about the defense, man. And uh, I wasn't there for Patrick Graham. I wasn't there for Chandler Jones or A.J. Cole. But I saw the note from Chandler Jones or about note Chandler Jones from you and the fact that he's lost weight he's at 250 pounds and says he's playing faster and feels like he's lighter and, and faster on his feet what did you think about the body transformation for uh, Chandler Jones heading into the 2023 season well I'll be totally honest it was kind of startling actually when he walked out there um you know we we we, we saw him um I think they're wearing shoulder pads out there so it was a little bit tough to tell you know what what the body looked like um you know uh uh and I guess real time uh, but when when he walked into the press conference, you could tell right off the bat um, this was a player that is a lot thinner, uh, a lot more leaned out than at at, at you know where, the last time we saw him, and all through last year, frankly. Um, I don't know if that's the weight he's going to be able to keep, you know, during mm-hmm. the season. And I think it it sounds like he's going to you know make that decision basically, you know, coming off uh, his injury that he suffered, you know, with about two games left in the season last year, um, he hadn't 
really gotten into the weight room uh, to really keep the bulk up. Um, he feels pretty good, though, right now without it. And it looks like he's probably going to decide whether or not he's going to be able to function uh, as, a, uh, as a defensive end at the weight that he currently is, although just eyeballing it, he looks pretty thin right now. Yeah, no, it did. I saw the picture that you tweeted out, uh, and anyone could go check it out at Vinny Bonsignor. And, you know, the thing about it is I, I, I was kind of, I don't want to say amazed, but just kind of hearing him talk about, you know, he's excited for the season. He's looking forward to it. Obviously, he's been working on his body. What does that tell you about Chandler Jones when a guy like that who's been in the league as long as he is is that excited on June 1st? Yeah, and as he told us, um, he hasn't missed one in his career. So he obviously loves football because um, the uh, organized team activities comes with a big V, and that's voluntary. You don't have to be out there as a veteran, and he doesn't miss any of them, it sounds like. Uh, so that tells you uh, his, his love for the game. And I also think you know, at this stage of his career, um, you know, it's, it's, the, the end is way closer than the beginning. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously understands that. And I think that um, as that end draws nearer and nearer, I think he wants to close things out on his terms rather than any, anyone else's terms. And I don't think last year left a great taste uh, in his mouth. Now, even talking to people behind, sort of behind the scenes, um, there was, there, there's still a lot of, hey, Chandler does things that don't show up in the box score. I know that's kind of a cliche sometimes, uh, but there is a lot to his position that goes above and beyond just sheer statistics. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, He's been one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL for a long time. And frankly, last year, the numbers didn't show that. Until toward the end of the season, and as I brought this up with him, his best four games were the last four games that he played. Um, He had his most sacks, most pressures, most quarterback hits. Everything was trending up in terms of the numbers that you're looking for for his position. Um, And then it got all derailed, you know, with two games left in the season. So for him to want to, you know, like you said, he's he's not a stat chaser. But he knows what those stats are that everyone kind of looks at, and I think he wants to improve on those numbers. And if he is able to pick up sort of where he left off last year, you never know. I mean, if Chandler Jones can be Chandler Jones, it's a huge difference for the Raiders' defensive line. Vinny, the question that I threw out there today for Raider Nation was about the defense because, look, we could talk about Jimmy G for three and a half hours, four hours, whatever the case may be, and we're really not going to get anywhere. So I want to ask about the defense. The question I threw out there is what area of the defense do you think will make or break them this upcoming season. So just from looking at it from your point of view and you're looking at that defense, what do you think will be the make-or-break moment or even unit on that squad? Man, I always start with the defensive line. Um, you know, and the, the Raiders, you know, obviously they have certainty in Max Crosby. Crosby. Um, they have a player in Chandler Jones who has a history of certainty, and if they could get him back um, you know, to, to, to be in his player, that's going to help a lot. They've got, obviously, Tyree uh, Wilson, the youngster, who, um, who they hope can make an immediate impact. A bunch of young guys on the yeah. interior, you know, starting with their two draft picks last year, uh, Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler, and the players that they brought in uh, this year through the draft. Uh, so, to me, it starts there. But as Patrick Graham pointed out, you know, Divine Diablo, it sounds like the, it sounds like the weight that Chandler Jones lost, <laughs> Divine Diablo added in muscle. He looks like a different player, according to Patrick Graham, and that's going to definitely help him stand up against the run, stand up against the physicality of, of professional football. He looks like maybe the body's in, in, a, in a better position to really withstand uh, you know, the, the kind of brute force and brunt force that it takes and requires at the linebacker position. But he also brought up Luke Masterson, who's also evolving uh, as a player. And so 
you know, at the at the at the risk of saying every level of this Raiders defense needs to show up, um, and I think that if one or the other doesn't, we're probably going to be talking about kind of the same issues we've talked about uh, with this defense for a long while now. They all all three of it uh, line linebackers and secondary uh, need to st- take a step in the right direction. And if that does happen, this defense has a chance uh, to be better than it has been in the last few years. There's a lot of bodies there. There's newcomers. There's players uh, that the Raiders have high hopes for that are already in the building that are returning now a year or two under Patrick Graham's defense. Um, there's there's reason to, to think that it's possible for this defense to get better, but the bottom line is they have to. Right, no doubt. And my answer was what I thought was going to make or break this defense was turnovers and the ability to, to, to make turnovers and create yeah. turnovers. And I told the story of me and you standing there watching mm-hmm. and seeing the ball tip off the wide receiver's hands and fall harmlessly to the ground. And what did I tell you immediately when that happened? <laughs> Those balls need to get caught. Right, exactly. Yes, they have to become turnovers. And then you right. saw when Trayvon Merrick came up with the interception on a tip drill a little bit later. That, in my opinion, is going to be a key. Because even if the defense isn't up to snuff and where it needs to be, if you can create turnovers, you're giving yourself a chance. Absolutely, because number one, uh, you're denying the other offense. Number two, you're getting off the field as a defense. Number three, you're putting it back into the hands of your offense that can now go do something with it. Uh, in terms of points, uh, those are game changers, and especially it could tilt the field in one direction or the other if you get it on their side of the field. There's so much that goes into the importance of turnovers, uh, and since I've been covering this team since 2019, creating turnovers has been just a major challenge uh, for the Raiders. I'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but I can't believe that they're anything better than, you know, uh, last 25th to 32nd <laughs> in the league in that regard. Right. They're, they're not very good, Vinny, at all when it comes to creating turnovers, and that's been a major, major problem for this Raiders defense. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, I want to read a quote from Coach Patrick Graham today. You can't have high expectations below patience. But for me, when it comes to these young guys on the team, what are the expectations for the production that the team expects them to have? Well, a couple things. I'm glad that you brought that up because that was actually an excellent quote. And it was about – because, you know, you got to understand about Patrick Graham. He's a former defensive lineman himself. You know, never played at the NFL level. But he, you know, he was, he was a college defensive lineman who started his coaching career as a defensive line coach. And if there's one position where, yeah, we see the, we see the um, overnight sensations, rookie, you know, or, or college to, to rookie player, and all of a sudden they're blowing up. Um, but, but those are – outliers to what the reality is of the defensive line which is a lot of development is needed and it always it doesn't always happen overnight or in one year sometimes it's the second or third year where things really start coming together and his whole point was you know if you're going to have high expectations for these players you have to also understand that it requires patience for them to get there and you're doing them a disservice if you're not displaying that 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 uh, that that patience because ultimately and it's obviously you have to start with talent that patience is going to pay off and then all of a sudden the expectations are being met but in terms of actual expectations that's interesting you know you got neil farrell and matthew butler the expectations are they have to be better players in year two than they were as rookies um you know everything that we've heard and i know q has heard the same thing that, that 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 i have and sometimes we've heard it together uh, those two players, Farrell and Butler, have been putting the necessary work in during the offseason, going all the way back to when they were allowed to get into the building just to do weightlifting and, and conditioning on their own, that type of thing. They've been there 
frequently um, at the at the facility, building their bodies, changing their bodies, doing what they have to do. And so now it has to translate onto the field. So for a couple of players like that, the expectations have to go up. Come, you know, coming off a, a rookie season, you keep them in line with their rookie year. Now all of a sudden in year two, it's got to go up a little bit. So uh, to me, a Neil Farrell has to be part of this rotation consistently. Um, and he has to be delivering consistently good, reliable snaps, whether it's as a starter or in relief of somebody. Um, you have to be a viable player in this rotation. And I would say that for Matthew Butler as well, but certainly for Neil Farrell. And then you, when you talk about the Byron Youngs and, 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 and the rookie from Arizona State, um, they're probably starting I, – I would say I would say Young is starting off higher than where – um, the two rookies from last year are. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually starting at some point uh, this year. But you have to be patient with him as well. So it is a fine line, um, and you want to create urgency, but at the same time, you as a coach and as an organization, and sometimes even more importantly, the player themselves, have to be patient and understand that the work that they're putting in right now, sometimes it doesn't lead to numbers or you know big flashy statistics, but in time, and if you stick with it, it could. Vinny, I was going to ask you something about Garoppolo, but what you said there really interests me about Byron Young and how maybe he could even start this year. But maybe Farrell Jr. or Butler, could one of those guys be on the cutting block? Hmm. Um, no, I don't think, I don't think that uh, they're in any danger of that. And I think that the, the, the vision for this, for this defensive line, however it plays out, uh, what the vision is is a deep rotation. And so um, it's not so much – you know, obviously you want to be the starter. Obviously you want to be out there for the most snaps. But it's going to be just as important for this defense, and specifically that defensive line, that when they rotate guys in, those players that are, that are rotated in, um, in relief of a Max Crosby, in the relief of a Chandler Jones, maybe it's a um, you know, Byron Young or maybe you know, Bilal Nichols, however the starters uh, look, um, that the players behind them are contributing in a big way so that when those guys go to the sidelines, it's not this major drop-off. You have to be able to do it in a consistent manner, you know, from one to seven or one to eight, however many uh, players are in that rotation. So, no, I wouldn't say that they're in, in, in danger of, uh, of losing their, their roster spot, uh, but it's really important for both players, whether they turn out to be starters or reserve players, uh, to, to deliver what's going to be expected of them to deliver. Because you're not, you're, and that's the other thing. You're going to have to earn your way uh, into that rotation. And if you are, it's probably a pretty good sign that you're pointing in the right direction. All right, Vinny, we've been waiting on this day all week. We knew that you were going to have that first question when it comes to Coach <laughs> Josh grandfathered McDaniel. grandfathered into that Grandfathered position. in. <laughs> Godfathered in. Don Vinny Bonsignore. <laughs> so <laughs> when it comes to asking Coach McDaniels about Jimmy Garoppolo straight in the first question of the day, what did you think about the answer he gave you? Yeah, I was Vito Corleone uh, into that uh, into that position. <laughs> Respect. No doubt about it. Respect. Um, I, I mean, I think he, I think, I think, uh, in his own way, um, you know, he uh, he he lowered the level of angst and anxiety amongst the fan base because that's who I was asking for more than anybody. And I know he said you guys might be anxious. You know, it's, I don't have any skin in the game, mm-hmm. but I know Raider Nation does, uh, and they want to know that their quarterback is going to be healthy to play this season and start training camp and be ready to go in the season opener when the Raiders uh, uh, travel to Denver uh, because, you know, obviously they've got major skin in the game. The fans do, and they, de- they deserve to know, or, or at least if there's some comforting news out there, to hear that because all that we've been hearing for about a week now, uh, ever since the story, well, A, that Jimmy wasn't healthy enough to, to be in OTAs, and then B, 
oh, by the way, there was this contract signed that if he doesn't pass this physical, uh, the Raiders could walk away for, for, from the contract. While, while there's some, um, that's not all that unusual type language in, in contracts, when you hear that about your newly signed quarterback, of course that's going to raise concerns uh, amongst your fans who are counting on him to be out there. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it sounds like the way Josh McDaniels described it, he's not, he has no anxiety uh, he's privy to the information, and we all understand what he's talking about uh, when he says that. And the information that he's hearing uh, leads him to believe that everything's going to be fine. And that's all anyone can go on uh, at this point. You know? and, uh, and I don't think that uh, he's up there to try to raise any kind of false hopes or trying to create you know, something that's not reality. I think he knows that everything's going to work out, and, everyone, and that, that definitely lines up with everything that I've been hearing uh, as well. Uh, does that mean he's going to start training camp? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Can't answer that question. But I'd be surprised if he wasn't starting the season. You know, and Vinny, with that, you know, kind of follow up on Jimmy G, there really isn't anything else that we could ask. I mean, after you asked the question and he said he doesn't have anxiety and that, you know, it's basically like he can't control what he can't control, there's not really too many different angles that we can ask him the question where we're going to get anything more than I don't have any anxiety and I can't control anything more than I can control. It just it basically seemed like it was open and shut, not a big deal on his end. Now, does that mean that he's ready, like you said? No, that doesn't mean anything. But on his end, for as much as it was worth today on June 1st, it was open and shut. Yeah, and it, and it, and it sounds like um, there's some hopefulness that, uh, that uh, you know, given the – and we're, we are still talking about eight weeks uh, before training camp. Right. Um, it's so it's it's not a lo- the longest of times, but it's but it's it is still eight weeks, two months basically, until it started training camp, which should be what at the at the very end of of July uh, is when it typically starts. Mm-hmm. So there's time for him to be able to get healed up uh, and get geared up and amped up um, and 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 put him in, on target uh, to be available, uh, you know, in training camp, which I think is important. You know, I know as, as I wrote today, he and. You know, Devontae have, uh, have been talking a lot. They've been going over film together uh, a lot and talking football and talking situations and, you know, all those things that you can, that you can do, um, especially as two veterans understanding what you're looking at, you know, from a film perspective, um, having done it before so many other times. There's, there's a lot to be gleaned from that. But at some point, both of those guys need to get on the field together, and Jimmy has to get on the field with 10 other offensive players and all the reserves that come in there as well and start getting a, developing an on-field chemistry, and, and that can't happen soon enough. All right, Vinny, I've got to ask you about the most popular or most hated guy when you look at it from a team perspective, one of the backup quarterbacks, Aiden O'Connell. You said he was delivering some big-time throws today. What else did you see from him? Yeah, uh, I, I, I really uh, – you know, I said that, uh, and I believed it, and he, he has a natural kind of throwing style and delivery um, that really I, – I thought – I didn't see any – barely saw any balls hit the ground there was there might have been two that i saw uh that hit the ground and one was on a sideline pass that you know is just a it's a it's a it's a difficult throw to make because it's either going to be your guy or nobody gets that ball and that's kind of the intention of it but otherwise um he was he was delivering some really nice balls and that's a at this stage um that's all we can go on i'm not in the meeting rooms or anything like that but everything we've been hearing about aiden o'connell is that he's kind of a football junkie so i don't i don't expect the transition going from college football to the NFL and the scheme, um, while there will be hiccups, of course there always is, but I don't think that it's going to be so overwhelming for him that he's not going to be able to get it and grasp it. Um, and if you watch the guy throw the ball and stand in the pocket and deliver throws, he's got that. <laughs> That's definitely uh, in his toolbox. 
Um, a, lo- a whole bunch of other factors are going to play into whether he's a successful cor- college quarter- or pro quarterback, whether he ceilings out as a really good backup or a potential starter. That all remains to be seen. But if you're watching a guy in you know the his, his first for- foray into OTAs and getting on the field and 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s against NFL uh, players on the other side, um, I don't think you could ask for much more. He, was, he, he definitely looks the part. No, he does. And for June 1st, and I don't want to overreact to what we saw on June 1st, but for what it is, the time of year it is, OTAs, as you mentioned, I mean, he did look every bit the part. And I asked the question to Coach McDaniels about Aiden O'Connell and just mm-hmm. what he thought his early impressions. And Vinny, it sounded like he was pretty pleased with where he was, again, at this point of the game. Yeah, and it was interesting because I was watching those two uh, today, and uh, there, were, there were more than a few times where Josh McDaniels went over to Aiden and had a long conversation. I was thinking to myself, he's probably, that's right up Josh McDaniels' wheelhouse, right? I mean, he came up coaching quarterbacks, um, you know, and obviously becoming the, the offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots and developing young quarterbacks. You know, there's, there's, there's certain people that were kind of put on earth to do that. And I think Josh McDaniels is one of those guys. So at this stage where the starting quarterback isn't there and, you know, Brian Horry is doing his thing. He knows his offense like the back. He's kind of a coach out there to yeah. begin with. So uh, it allows Josh McDaniels, I think, to sort of take a player like Aiden O'Connell under his wing and, and kind of get back to what his wheelhouse uh, is, uh, especially now that there's some time allowed to be doing that because, as we talked about, Jimmy Garoppolo's not there. So I'm sure he's kind of geeked up Josh McDaniels to be able to work with this young fourth-round pick uh, from Purdue, and, and, you know, there's no guarantees of anything. He's a fourth-round pick for a reason. He's a rookie, um, and we always have to keep that in mind. But uh, but but I don't think that um, it, there's any doubt that Josh McDaniels kind of likes what he sees from Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and it doesn't look like it's too big for him. And, again, it's only June 1st, so it's a long way to go, but it doesn't look like the moment is too big for him at all. Well, great stuff, Vinny. Like I said, man, it was great to be out there with you and get to see some more activities out there on the grass. What are you working on? What are you writing on that we should uh, we should be paying attention to? Yeah, we'll definitely be doing something with uh, Chandler Jones and uh, writing a little bit more about Jimmy G today. And uh, and can you believe it? Number one, tr- uh, mini camp is next week, and we're starting training camp next month, you guys. So right. uh, it's 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 coming at us pretty quick. There's no doubt, man. It's a good time to have a good time. Vinny, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. All right. Enjoy the uh, game tonight, you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. NBA Finals Game 1 gets underway this evening from Denver. 2.50 is the time. Many thanks to Vinny Montagnard. We definitely appreciate him. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out the hour. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, Robin Lundberg, SI Now, is going to join the show to talk about the conversation he had with TB12. That's Tom Brady and the fact that Tom told him he's done. Dunzo, he's not playing. He's not coming out of retirement. Not for the Raiders, not for the Patriots, not for the Buccaneers, not for anybody. He's not playing football. We'll talk about that conversation with Robin Lumberg coming up at the top of the hour. The question that I threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line and the phone lines whenever we don't have a guest on the show uh, is what do you believe will be the part of the defense that will either make them or break them? We have Vinny Bonsignor on, and he was like, just about the whole defense, right? He just wanted to talk about the defense in general. I pointed out the turnover-making ability, and, and the reason I pointed that out is because you don't have to be a great defense to come up with some turnovers. You could still be, you know, n- not even middle of the pack and have opportunistic moments where you get the ball back, and I can go back to 2016 when the Raiders had the defensive player of the year and Khalil Mack on their team. Their defense wasn't that good. Go back and look. Their defense wasn't that good. 
but they created a bunch of turnovers. They haven't created turnovers at a rate like that since probably 2016. They've got to get back to that. So for me, it's all about turnovers. They've got to find a way to create turnovers. The defense being just solid, that'll come at some point as long as they continue to get good players. But find a way to be around the ball and make a play. Whether it's a strip sack, an interception, I don't give a rip. Just get the ball back. That's what you got to do. Got a couple texts that I wanted to get to real quick. Uh, this one's from uh, Kobe in Kansas City. He said, you have to double the interceptions, and obviously you need more turnovers in general. But the part of, of that that is from the pressure up front as well, all parts go together. One leads to another. So in total, more production in the front leads to more ball production in the secondary. Thank you, man. Raiders. That's from Kobe from Kansas City talking about interceptions. Double the interceptions. Well, that wouldn't even be a lot, right? And you're right. It, it starts with doubling the interceptions, but they only had, what, DeMond six last season? Yep, yep. Six interceptions is not enough, right? There's guys in the league that'll have six interceptions by themselves. The Raiders as a team, as a unit, had six interceptions. Got to do a lot more than that. So doubling it is, uh, is, is like an understatement. But, yeah, Kobe, you're definitely right about that. One more quick text from the 209. What up, Q? Poncho here. They praise O'Connell for his accuracy. How was he at OTAs? I know pocket quarterbacks are McDaniel's bread and butter, and he was that. He was very accurate. Again, there's no pass rush. Right? There's nobody really defending uh, any of the wide receivers too much, not too tight, so he doesn't have to worry about that. But he looked accurate. He looked apart. I don't want to over, you know, overhype him. It's only June 1st, but he did look like he fit the part. 2.56 at the time. When we come back, Robin Lundberg, SI.now. He'll join the show to talk all things Tom Brady and the fact that he's staying retired. It's Red Nation Radio 920.